of meditation is to learn how not to be in conflict with your thinking. And at the same time, not to be swept away or caught up in your thinking. One of the great pieces of advice around thinking that I received in meditation was a suggestion to not be bothered by my thinking. Because if you're bothered by it, you actually give it more energy. It actually is a condition for fueling more thinking. But also not to be complacent around it. Not to have some kind of unhelpful acceptance of thinking that allows you to just gallop off into the sunset or somewhere with your thinking. And so part of this skill of being mindful without any conflict with thinking is to learn the art of being mindful of thoughts and thinking. And the opportunity in a, the kind of practice that we do here is to discover some of the different facets of thinking. The different ways in which it manifests. Different kinds of thinking. Sometimes people here have some, they have some idea about thinking and meditation, that it's wrong or bad or something, without differentiating between different kinds of thinking. And probably the kind of thinking that is least helpful is discursive thinking, the kind of thinking where you're involved in like a conversation or telling a story or reviewing an event or anticipating something in the future. Discursive thinking usually is perpetuated by some kind of big or small way that we're interested in it or fascinated or hooked into it. And it's possible sometimes to notice the pull into that kind of thinking, the drive or the fascination or the, even the sense of need, the need we have to be having discursive thinking. Or sometimes it's possible to notice the emotions 
that is the foundation or the fuel for discursive thought. And if you let go of discursive thinking without noticing the underlying emotion, the emotion will, you know, trigger more thoughts. So if there's a discursive thinking, it's sometimes helpful to look at the foundation of it or the elements of it that have nothing to do with the story and to bring your attention, kind attention to the, what it feels like to be thinking. The emotions that are part of it. And hold them in kind awareness. And in doing so, your precious attention is not going into the story so much but being grounded here and now in just a simple emotion. It's probably the part of you that needs attention, needs care. And if you realize there's, there's emotions or some drive or some need connected to discursive thinking. If you let go of your thoughts then, but then attend to the underlying, underlying foundation, then you're caring for yourself. You're attending to what's going on. But if you let go of your thoughts and ignore the underlying foundation for it, That's a condition for further thinking. <coughs> and then below, kind of more subtle than the level of discursive thinking, there's a kind of thinking that's not a conversation, not an analysis or but rather very simple thinking. It has to do with the recognition of what's happening now. It could be simple in, in, inquiry, a question. I wonder if I should bring my attention to my aching ankle. I wonder if this is the time to feel the emotion that underlies my thinking, my discursive thinking. I think I might be a little bit too complacent, too accepting and kind of just allowing things to go along. But in doing so, I keep getting lost in thought. These simple thoughts like that of recognizing what's happening are normal and natural. But they're not, just not necessarily a story. It's very simple recognition, simple wondering what's happening here. 
And you can do that with different kinds of energy and intensity and emotions. The idea is to find a way to have that very simple inquiry and simple recognition, that kind of thinking, be done in a way that helps the mind become still, quiet, settled. So if you have this more simple commentary or recognition of the present moment, you might notice how you do it. Are you doing it while you kind of lean forward into the future? Are you in a hurry to have something happen? Is there fear as part of it or an expectation? Is there resistance to being involved in that kind of simple inquiry? Are you harsh? Are you gentle? Ideally, this kind of very simple thinking is done without being for or against anything, but just simple. Here, now, with this experience. And then there's even a more subtle realm of thinking. Some people won't even recognize it or think of it as thinking. And it's just having a thought of recognition. There's a sound and there's a simple cognitive recognizing a sound without even the question, what kind of sound is that? Should I bring my attention to it or not? There's just a simple sound. Or there's a feeling of contentment in the body. And there's just simply the recognition contentment without any questions or wondering or any kind of thoughts that might be involved doing something about it. Not even the thought, should I bring more attention to that? It's just in and of itself contentment or sadness, or joy, or impatience. Just simple recognition. This is how it is now. And there too, you can notice how you're making those thoughts, how that act of recognition is. Is it done in a balanced, open way, or is it done forcefully or hesitatingly? Are you leaning into it or pulling away? Is there any kind of striving in doing it, trying to get something to happen? Or is there 
some, eff- some subtle effort to try to keep it just the way it is. And kind of a useful distinction that might help clarify what kind of thinking you're doing is if you go along with the distinction I'll make, and that is the distinction between thinking and thoughting. What the mind does, it thoughts. It's a thoughting machine. Individual thoughts will appear. A thought can arise and pass through the field of awareness and disappear like clouds in an endlessly blue sky. Or we can get involved in a thought, pick it up, add to it, continue it, And that involvement with thinking, that involvement with thoughts is what makes thinking. Associated thinking, continuous thinking. And what's that energy? What's the drive? What's the glue or the pull? that extra thing that turns a thought into thinking. How are you involved? How are you reacting? And from time to time, your thinking might slow down or become quieter or become thinner, weaker. And when it does, it might be possible to appreciate the silence between your thoughts. or the stillness and spaciousness beyond the edges of your thinking. It might be possible to see a shift in a relationship where rather than residing in the thinking, And in some ways, our universe is the world of our thoughts. To residing in a larger field of awareness, spacious, open, receptive, 
Whereas thinking is just a simple phenomenon within that wider field of being. It's not the whole story, it's not the whole show. It's just a thought. A simple thought. within a larger sense of simply being here, alive, aware, allowing a deeper settling just here, now.
If you're involved in thinking, you might remember that with mindfulness, there's a shift from being more interested in the content of your thoughts to becoming more interested in being mindful of the thinking. more interested in the event or process of thinking rather than interested in the story or ideas, fantasy. A shift of interest.
it can be very useful to spend time being mindful of thinking because one way or the other people do a lot of thinking. And so to get a handle, to understand it, to have some insight about how it works for you and the nature of your thinking is helpful. To get a, a stronger sense, feeling for what it's like to be mindful of thinking rather than in thinking is a useful skill. Because as you become more capable of being clearly aware that you're thinking, like, oh, I'm thinking now, clearly, then there's the opportunity to have some wise choice for what to do about it wise choice but how to relate to it. But if we were swept into the world of thinking and become the thinking almost, you know, then maybe there's very little possibility for wisdom or choice or understanding about how to be with it. I find it very helpful to be respectful of thinking. And I like the word, some of you know I like the word respect a lot because from its Latin roots the word literally means to, can mean to see again, to look again. To give it a second look. So we notice we're thinking, and then to respect it is to give it another look, and look more carefully, what is going on here? If the mind is quiet and still enough, a fascinating thing to notice is to notice when the th a thought first appears. If we're in the stream of, the stream of associated thoughts, you know, we're just kind of in it, we don't see the beginning of anything, but to watch the first beginning of a thought um, is fascinating. And uh, one of the things that's fascinating about it can be is um, it's really interesting when that thought uh, was not something not something you intended. There was you, you weren't like you know you didn't plan ahead. I'm going to think about you know and you did it. It's just like where did that come from? Um, you know the. You were sitting, minding your own business in the meditation hall, and uh, maybe the mind was quiet, and suddenly there's a thought, I wonder what they're having for lunch today. So that, you know, just, it wasn't intended, there was no, in a sense they say there's no self in that thought because it wasn't something you intended or created, just suddenly wafted up. That's interesting. And then you can notice if you then get involved in that thought and start next half an hour going through all the possible menus of what it could be on a Sunday. And um, then you're thinking. But to just watch it waft up, um, it's not a mistake, it's not a, a crime to have a thought waft up. It just, just any more than it is suddenly it starts raining or suddenly the wind blows through and rustles the trees or something just a thought that arises. And if you can watch the arising and just see it just as a thing like that arises and then let it go, just let, or let it, let it pass, pass on on its own. And some thoughts, like, you know, there can be memories that arise suddenly, or all kinds of things can arise. And the offering of respect to it, uh, it kind of means that it's there because of causes and conditions. Maybe that thought needs to be there. And sometimes memories are part of the process of meditation. The memory that we haven't had for a long time wafts up, appears. It's not a mistake. It's maybe an important thing that it comes up. And maybe the work that needs to happen in, in that it arises is all the work that needs to be done. We don't have to get involved in it or start thinking about it some more, or reviewing the memory. 
just, oh, thank you. See it come up and let it go. And um, I think that having this kind of respect to our inner process, whatever, you know, if we can, that's one of the advantages of being kind of quiet and still and, and settled, is there can be a lot of respect to what occurs. The emotions bubble up, they come up, and who knows why they're there. They, maybe they need their time in the sun, they need to arise. Thoughts, all kinds of thoughts, maybe they need a time to appear. It's like being released, finally freed. But then you don't have to get involved. The work's been done. Then you stay open and present, so, so the respectful way you can let the next thing arise that needs to arise. But if you get involved, then you, you're no longer receptive to what needs to come next. Sometimes the instructions on thinking in meditation uh, is misunderstood that, you know, for example, if the, it's very, very simplistically, if the instructions are, you should let go of your thoughts, then some people think they're supposed to let go of every thought. That's like a general policy of how to live your life. And, um, but thinking is an important part of life. And um, there are times when it's appropriate to be involved in thinking and, and and, you know, think things out. And even on the retreat, sometimes it's appropriate to be involved in thinking. Generally, it's best to not get too involved in that during a sitting or walking meditation. But if you need something to think about something, it's good to do it consciously at another time. Uh, you know, okay, I think I need to sit down and reflect on this and give it, respect it and give it its due. Um, and the reason for that distinction is that it's helpful to have some place where it's kind of what you're trying to do is to learn not to be involved or caught or invested in your thinking and to learn that there's another way to be, kind of way to be free of it. If you can learn it in some areas of your life, then in those areas of life where you have to think, you can, you can then have, have an ability to think in an easier way, lighter way, a wiser way, a freer way. But if you don't make that kind of distinction, you think that, you know, it's okay to think any time at all, you might not really be learning the art or the, or the skill of freedom. So, if you find it useful, or when you find it useful to be mindful of thinking, I would like to say that it's a very, very helpful thing to learn about. And if you don't find it useful, if it gets too complicated or something, you find it the simplest thing to do is just stay with the breathing or keep it really simple and not get involved in that cognitive world, that's a fine choice to do too. And no matter what you're doing, if you can enjoy the day, that's really good. So, um, a couple of announcements. And the first is that um, today, uh, Kate will offer chair yoga, uh, and there's more. It'll be in the in the council house today, so there's more space there to have more people. In the room one, she can only do about five six people, but in the council house, she can do up to twelve. I think there's a sign up sheet. Yes, there's a sign up sheet on the board there. 
So that uh, makes some order out of showing up in them. So if your chair yoga is nice for you, and it's primarily meant for the people who can't make it up the stairs to, or can't do the standing yoga that she, you know, the kind of yoga she does upstairs. And the other is that Tara will be sitting in on my practice discussions in the morning and with Ruth in the afternoon. Thank you all very much. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.